Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. The big idea in this episode is the power of gratitude. That's what I discussed with my guest, David George Brook. David, aka That Gratitude Guy, has been a speaker, coach, and best-selling author for over 25 years. He is a former Nordstrom store manager and has managed in the corporate world for over 30 years. We discuss why you should maintain a daily gratitude journal, how to become aware of and end toxic relationships in your life, how to bring gratitude into your life every day, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. David, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate you inviting me. It's always fun to exchange good ideas for sure. Good information. And I love the jumper in. You're you're that gratitude guy. That's your thing. And you're speaking and your passion. Where did that start as far as did you discover? Was it in your childhood? Gratitude was always there. Did you stumble across it in college? What's the story? Well, actually, and in college is not too far off is actually what had happened to me in going to high school and college. Right after high school, I went to the University of Washington. I live in Seattle. And this teacher asked me to come and speak to his senior class at a high school that uh, I had met this guy through. So I went and did a talk about 20 or 30 minutes. So I'm 19 years old. And uh, it wasn't on gratitude. It was just on motivation and how you get somewhere in life and so on. And so we were done and everybody clapped. It was really nice. And I remember being really nervous and having a glass of water and having to take a sip every five seconds because my mouth was dry. But I went out and got in my car and I was heading back to home. And at 19 years old, I sat in that car and I thought, that's what I want to be someday is I want to be a motivational speaker. And yeah. it just hit me. And it just, I just, I liked the fact everybody was paying attention. They were taking notes and I liked speaking in front of the group and so on. And so what happened is the old thing about life gets in the way. So life goes on for about 40 years. And what had happened along the way is I had, I know a lot of people have suffered tragedies, but I've had a lot of tragedies that happened. My mom uh, died of cancer when I was in my twenties. My father took his own life, which was a very challenging thing. Later, I got married, had two sons, and then my wife passed away when my sons were four and 14. So there were so many things. And, and you know, we have these plans and you've heard that, you know, life is what happens when you make other plans or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I went along and, I'm 62 years old, about 10 years ago. And at this point, I'm managing a Lowe's home improvement store. And I quit and I came home. And my now 17-year-old son, Connor, was sitting on the couch and he goes, what are you doing home? And I said, I quit. And he goes, you quit Lowe's? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you quit being a store manager? And I went, yeah. And he goes, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I'm going to be a speaker. <laughs> and he looks up from the couch and he goes, well, that's just super dad. <laughs> and oh, I started, it wasn't quite what I expected. And he goes, I have a question for you. What are we going to do about food? And I said, oh. don't, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make it there somewhere. But what had happened is I have a friend that having gone through those challenges, I didn't know what I was going to speak about because it's one thing to be a motivational speaker. It's quite another thing to decide on the topic. And I think it's so important to be kind of a specialist. I've met a lot of people. What do you speak about? Whatever you want. And I think it's like you wouldn't go to a doctor. They could do brain surgery and work on your toe. So I think it was important to specialize. And this buddy of mine says to me, a number of years before, you're really struggling having gone through these losses and uh, you should get a gratitude journal. 
And I, I didn't know what a gratitude journal was. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, it's a book you write in every day about what you're grateful for. So I got a gratitude journal, of course, where else off of Amazon, started writing in it. And I just noticed a really, really huge difference in my attitude about things when I'm writing down. And there's a, a quote that I put in my gratitude journal that I'll get to in a second, but it was so important to write it down. But it made such a difference and it made me really able to handle these obstacles because as we all know life is just like a huge roller coaster ride sometimes you're up sometimes you're down but up is great and down sucks and everybody wants to be up when they're down but down is where you learn all the lessons that's where all the information is going to really sink into your brain so uh, somehow in there i just i started speaking and i was kind of just doing on business and i thought i should speak about gratitude because it helped me so much so I how did it real quick what happened well, to you, and also if you go a little further, if you know what happens to like your brain, whether it's brain chemistry, your attitude, your emotions, what what happens when you journal gratitude? Because I know yeah, something it, happens in just thinking about it. Yes, it absolutely thinks it's it's very very important. And, I, and I'll mention right now the quote that's in my the front of my gratitude journal. It says, "If you think about it, it's like a dream. If you talk about it, it inspires you. But if you write about it, it empowers you." And they've they've shown brain scans that show how the happy parts of the brain light up when you're talking about things that you're grateful for. And one of the, the sayings I use all the time is gratitude turns what you have into enough. And you don't have to constantly keep up with the Joneses or go after this or go after that. And it helps you to focus on what you have versus what you don't have. And there's, you know, if you constantly focus on keeping up with the Joneses, it's like a cat chasing its tail. You'll never catch it. And so, it, but you're right. It absolutely makes a big difference. And so for me, that writing in there, and it's literally, it takes five to six minutes. And I am so grateful to Mark J. Carter for inviting me on his podcast. And, and it just plants it there. And it's just so good for you. And it te you tend to retain it more by having okay. it written too, which is a big part of it. And so, but that's what happened. And then I ended up getting the gratitude. And I liked kind of that wasn't my plan, but but somebody says, you're that gratitude guy. I've seen you talk before, and that became the brand. And now it's actually worked out pretty well because I have people recognize me, and they won't know my name, but they go, you're that gratitude guy. I nice. saw you speak at so-and-so, so it's just kind of cool. So, But it's it's just been 45 years in the making, and since I started at 62, uh, now I'm 72, uh, I think I've done 800 talks. Wow. So it's been, I kept them all on a spreadsheet and so forth, but it's just thrilling to me because the number one thing that I get after talks that just blows my mind is you changed my life. And it was the, the comment you made about this, the exercise you did with the $20 bill, the, the little cards that you passed out or any of the things I do in the talk. Uh, it's just to impact other lives like that is just awesome. It's well, that's just, just living gratitude. And I think for anyone listening, you also just made a, a point without saying it directly. You started at 62, 800 talks, 72. You're doing what you love. Mm -hmm. So those people that think, oh, I'm 40, I'm 40, midlife crisis level. It's like, right. it's never too late. It's never it too sounds late. like it's never too late to do what you do and do it successfully. If you were still talking for free at Rotary Clubs, that would be different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because believe me, I did, of those 800, 
I'd probably say 150 were paid. So probably 600 or whatever were free. And then the large majority of those were rotary clubs. You're exactly right. But that's so funny. You mentioned that because I think about that at my age and people go, I'm over the hill at 45 or I'm, I'm never going to start anything. I'm 50. And I think, what are you talking about? It's never too late. And, you know, it's, it's just that whole concept of, and I mentioned this offline too, about how much you and I enjoy what we do. If you really enjoy it, you, it's never too late to want to do it. Because when you think about work, I've said for a long time that I wish there was a synonym for the word work that didn't have a negative connotation to it. Mm -hmm. because, oh, I've got so much work to do. Mark, that sounds like a lot of work. This is a lot of work. And to me, I don't look at it as work. I just enjoy doing these things, creating talks. I've got a talk week after next. I'm in California for a couple of talks and I'm tweaking those. And it's just, it doesn't feel like a chore. It just feels like, let's see what new information can I add to the last time and so forth. So it's a lot of fun. Well, getting down to more tactics and strategies, the journal we talked about, mm -hmm. what other ways can people bring gratitude into, into their life on a consistent basis? How do they do it? Well, I think the overarching thing is, is what I call a gratitude practice. So it starts with just believing that you're going to see, and this is an old adage, but you're going to see the glass half full versus half empty. And when you start out with that attitude, then there's different things that you can add in. Certainly the gratitude journal that we mentioned, but just this whole idea of thinking positive, the gratitude mindset, doing the meditation is tremendous for you. And then you sort of add in those I do something in the morning called the power hour. And this is the best way I could describe what I think is a gratitude practice is get up, make my bed, go in, start the coffee, have my vitamins, take a shower, come back, come into the office, write in the gratitude journal. That takes about five or eight minutes. And of course, always writing it and make sure you're, you're being very specific. And there's a little thing called the daily number and the highlight of the day. And it's in my gratitude journal, there's kind of a template. Then I go into the living room for 10 minutes and do meditation. It's kind of a guided one. And then another 10 minutes of stretching. And then that's about an hour. Then I come in here and turn on the computer and get going. So that whole thing kind of represents a gratitude practice. It's also getting your sleep, taking your proper nutrition, eating right, making sure you're exercising exercising may be the thing at the top of the list because how many people ever go out for a run or for a walk or anything and don't feel better when they come mm -hmm. back so it's that whole it kind of encapsulates that whole thing another big one mark in terms of the gratitude practice is you're known by the company you keep and really think about who you're hanging out with it's so, so important. I, I do something called the association evaluator and I, it, it's people can write it down, but I can, I can tell you just on the podcast, very simply about once a year, you should stop and consider your associations you have in your life. And you take a, maybe a piece of paper or something you want to write and do zero, one or two people you should disassociate with. They're just not that healthy for you. And you kind of use the template. You go to Starbucks and you go to your car and it's like, man, that was a waste of time. That was negative. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, zero, one or two people that you limit your association with because, you know, you're going to need to deal with them, but they're not the most positive impact in you. And so just think about that and just sort of take inventory. Number three, my favorite zero, one or two people you should enhance your association with. That's how I felt when I met you. Oh, I got to keep in touch with him. This guy's a Thank cool you. guy. It's more positive. And then the fourth thing is, is somebody you should mentor or could mentor or somebody who could mentor you. But it's, it's really important. You know, there's the whole one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, but you really think about who you're hanging out with and that impacts you a great deal as well. Well, if someone's, uh, in the book that I have coming out, I look at one of the relationships is toxic relationships or just neutral. They're just kind of there. Once you realize this is not good for me, mm -hmm. how, 
what do you do? I mean, do you end it in like forcefully? Like I can't talk to you anymore. Do you just let it fizzle out? Cause it, I would imagine, especially if it's a friend of five years or more, yeah, they expect to hear from you a certain amount. And now you're cutting off. It's at the extreme case, you're cutting out for the relationship. How do you do that? That's, that's a great question because uh, I mentioned I live in Seattle. I call this the passive aggressive capital of the world. You know, <laughs> it's not, I, I, I've met people before that looked at me and go, did you grow up in New York? You're, you're a little more forthright or forceful or something like that. But, but I that people ask me about that, and it's a great question. And I think the thing is, is that if you're going to be passive aggressive, or at least you don't have to be in their face, I tell people the only thing you owe per, a person is not an explanation, but you owe them common courtesy. And so if somebody says to me, and this sounds a little passive aggressive, but they'll say to me, well, let's get together for coffee. And, and I say, yeah, let me get back to you. And I just don't really have an intention of getting back to them. And I sometimes it just fades away. And then eventually the person kind of gets the message. So you don't have to be in their face. Just don't make the big, the biggest, you know, like let's plan for something for next week and look, let's get in touch. And then sometimes the person just gets the message or it just kind of fades away. And then the contrast to that is somebody like you enhance the relationship. Then before we go, let's plan our next time. Let's put it on the calendar, you know, and that's the positive version. So yeah, I don't think we have to educate people on the fact that they're not good for us as much as just, just don't make as big a point. And in fact, I used to joke about I'd see people that uh, I didn't want to get together with anymore. And I go, listen, great to see. You. I got to go. But listen, love your sweater. But I got to run. You know? oh. <laughs> and so I think they're smiling. He loves my sweater, but he's not making the next coffee appointment. So, yeah, I just I think you can be nice about it, I guess, is the the best way to say it. And what are other ways to improve the mindset when you because when you start, I would imagine it takes some time of I know personally with meditating with me, it tends to be all or nothing. I'm yeah. either on board religiously or I'll get to it. But then I can think about other things and the brain's moving too fast and self-talk. What other ways can you help? I think one of the jumpstart things, the mindset. Yeah. Good question. I think another thing that makes a difference, ben, again, back to the people that you're dealing with, but I also that do the same thing that think the same way. But I noticed that anything that you can do to make it convenient, for instance, in here, I'm in my desk. There's my gratitude journal right there. It sits there every day in the same place. And that makes it easy for me. And I start out and I do that. And then comparing notes with other people that are doing that and, and making sure that you're uh, getting the same information to them kind of, and they're bouncing it back to you because, and again, we said this earlier, but it's that whole thing. If you fall off the horse, it's okay. Don't get mad at yourself. Just get back on the horse. But what happens that I think is so neat is one of the examples I'll say is that people will get to the end of the, my talk and say, well, what's your biggest takeaway? If you could only tell us one thing. And I always say the same thing or pretty much always the same thing. Look, give a gratitude journal a try. Now I write in mine and we can't see we're on radio, but I could show you and I could open it and all the, the lines are full. It takes me five or six minutes and there's a daily number and a highlight of the day and a little quote and some things. And there's this template, as I mentioned, but the thing that's interesting about it is that you gain momentum. And so I say to people, if you do nothing, start this way for the first week, just every day in the journal or whatever, just write one thing you're grateful for. Just put wow. down one thing. And then the next day, then the next week, just put down two things. But get in the habit of doing that because we're really talking to you know, uh, was it James Clear, I think, wrote a book about habits. And it's just interesting how we can program our minds this way. But then eventually, I say, then eventually, at some point, get to a sentence. And then pretty soon, it'll be two sentences and three sentences. And then what happens is the momentum starts to take over because you just feel so much better. And one of the examples that I do in mind is there's something called the daily number. And so when I start out every morning, I write, and it's the day, and it's you know Thursday, September 22nd, blah, blah, blah. And then I write 
current events, special occasions. I'm going to do a podcast today with Mark Carter and some things like that. Then I write the five or six things I'm grateful for. And then there's the highlight of the day. But when you do the daily number, you it, I have people put a number. It's in the upper right-hand side of the left-hand page. And it's like one to 10. 10 is the best day of your life. And one is one of the worst days of your life. So on any typical day, I'll wake up as an eight or a nine, give or take. Sometimes I don't feel that good, but it's rare. So let's just say I'm an eight. So then at the down at the very bottom in the right-hand side is the daily number for the second time after you're done writing, the number always goes up after I've written from wow. So I'll be, I'll start out on the eight and I'm going to be on the podcast today. I've got to do this. I'm going, I'm meeting so-and-so and I'm grateful for this and for my two sons. And I go and I get down to the bottom and it's usually a nine or nine and a half. And so it's such a, you know, certain way to prove that it does work because again, you're focusing on everything that you have that are blessings in your life. So it's really cool. And that's a number at the top and the number at the bottom of the page that quickly. Yeah, it's, it starts, the number at the top is before you write, that's yeah. the first thing. and then the one at the bottom is after you've written. Yeah, so it's really cool, and it just kind of proves the point. And one of the things that I do is that I, in, in person, and again, I know we're um, on the radio, but uh, podcast, but in person, I have people, these little three by five cards, and I do an exercise on the front, and then later on these keynotes, I do an exercise on the back, and it's a version of that gratitude number. So I say, put your daily number and I explain to him what it is. Now, take, write down three things that you're grateful for. The number one thing, number two, number three. And then number four, I say, say now take 60 seconds and write down the highlight of your day. What was the best thing that happened to you yesterday? So then they write that down. So they, okay, I say now, took you a minute or two to write those things down, reread those four things, and after you've read the four things, put another daily number at the bottom of number four and circle it. And so then I go, now, by show of hands, how many people's number went up from the top to the bottom? Three quarters of the people raised their hand. That's and I go, awesome. so, so there's your gratitude exercise, your gratitude journal exercise that took you 60 seconds. Imagine what five or six minutes can do on that journal every day. So I just want to really reinforce to these people that it makes a difference. And I know if it is to be, it's up to me. But when you start to, to really get that momentum, like I don't even know, gosh, it's, if I could tell you the last day I missed a day in my journal, I just don't. It's just become such a part of it because I know how it's going to plant my brain. And then even looking at my day, like having the podcast with you and doing this, and I'm working on this project and I've got two or three Zoom calls this afternoon. It just sets the tone. And it's just really neat because you're, again, framing it on all the positives versus the negatives. Well, we covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. And I'm wondering to close it out one or two sentences, whether it's something we've spoken about and to reiterate or something you haven't mentioned yet, why is gratitude so important? Well, I think we have a choice, you know, and we can go every day is a choice. We get out of bed. We can get out of bed on the left side of the bed or the right side of the bed. And it's up to you. Nobody gets in your brain and rewires your brain. And whether it's positive psychology that they've proven how the brain works and lasts longer, it's very well known that two people go into a hospital with the same disease, the positive attitude lives, the negative attitude dies, exact same disease. So I just offer somebody something for people. And I say it's whether it's this gratitude practice, the gratitude mindset or the gratitude journal is give it a try. And even though I just mentioned it, I would say it again. Just try to start with one word, one sentence, and try it for a week and see what happens. Just a week. Okay. And if it's just one word, and then maybe the next day you put down, and, and this is the easiest prompt I have is what's the number one thing you're grateful for? 
Yep. You know, I don't like to tell people what they should write, but to me, it's typically health because when you don't have your health, you don't have anything, but your health, your kids, your family, your friends, your home, whatever it might be, try it for a week. And, and I challenge you to tell me it doesn't make a big difference. And if it does, which it will, you'll want to start doing it a lot more often. Thank you so much for the time. If people want to find you online, where do they go? The easiest thing is that gratitude guy is my website and you can reach me there or email is David at thatgratitudeguy.com. Sounds good. Thanks again for the time, David. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing Podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.